Live from Mott's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Thursday. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Ben Kenny. Mr. Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. How's it going, Ben? And <laughs> Bill Nagy is also here. Hello again, Bill. Thanks for keeping the show together, because otherwise this would just become a disaster. Just keep it together, man. Keep the band together. So it's been a tough... I mean, it's been, I mean we've, had, we've been sitting here for the last 45 minutes. It feels like, Ben, you're a little uptight. On a little, little cranked, little, little cranked, a little tight right now. Is that is that true? Yeah, I'm very uptight because I sent a tweet out on Wednesday morning uh, about one Jim Leonard, and we're going to talk about it about whether he is, uh, when he is going to be the next head coach, and how the timeline is working. And you texted me said tweet and said, "Where was this take last night on our show?" And to be honest, I had the take in the morning. So that is the only reason why I'm very stuck up right now. Because there are some, Bill, and it, I don't know if, how you feel about this, but there are uh, some, my guy Jesse Temple, that we do the, the, uh, the camp with, wrote that this is a very important month for Wisconsin football. And, like, as if this month will decide whether Jim Leonard is the next head coach at Wisconsin or not. And there have been others that say, you've had this guy on your staff for how many years now you knew he was going to be your next head coach at some point why would there be any doubt in your mind that no matter what happens in this last four games why would this decide whether he's going to be your head coach or not and i i kind of agree yet at the same time if you go oh and four then you kind of have to at least say uh i don't know but I, i'm of the mind at this point right now just do it get it done do it if he wants it get it done so what do you think about that when it comes to the timing of it? Because I think we all agree that he is almost definitely the next head coach. I myself would have liked – I would like it to be tomorrow. I would like it to have been yesterday that they hire him, name him as the head coach. He can recruit. You get the 2023 class in. The longer there's this uncertainty, I would think that would lead to some, you know, chaos when it comes to retaining talent, just overall feel of the program. I want it done today naming him the full-time head coach. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of emphasis on the recruiting, the outside recruiting, and there's no question that that's important. But in this day and age, I think it's you almost have to recruit internally a little bit, and individuals on the roster don't like the uncertainty as well. Um, it's a big-time job. There's no question about it. So understand that I mean, the last couple of weeks have felt like a lifetime. Right, yeah, you have the bye week. You want to truly get comfortable with it. Give them a little bit of time. Give Jim, give the coaches, the players a little bit of time. I think they're getting a bunch of players back healthy. And I think, as I said in weeks past, the best football for this team is ahead of them. I really do. So I don't think this comes down to wins and losses. I don't think they're going to go 0 and 4. I think that's the absolute worst case scenario. And I, I think. I don't think McIntosh is sitting there to say, hey, what's the record going to be over the last four games, and that's going to decide on where we go with it. I don't see it that way. I think that from day one, he had to evaluate it with other variables and some things that you can't measure from a wins and loss standpoint with how you're handling the locker room, the relationships, the communication, the leadership, how you're, you know, step into dealing with some of the administrative duties that come with it. So... 
I mean, that's a continuing evaluation type process that I think he's had to do. But I wish it was two weeks ago. Yeah, I do because I want him to be the guy. But looking at the other side of it, I get that there's an evaluation and it's a big time football job. The only thing that would concern me, just based on what we heard this morning from him, was that him and he was asked if he had interviewed for the job or if he had given his vision to Chris McIntosh. Had they sat down and talked about that? And because he did last week, sat down and had that conversation with his team. He laid out his vision. Hey, if he was going to get the full time job, what it was going to look like. The as first reported on this show that they had yes. that meeting. Yep, that's what. Yeah, according to Jack Nelson and Tanner Bordellini. Good job. Dynamite drop in. What was your question? Um, <laughs> So, so that you know, so that's what happened last week, right? And now you're hearing from Jim Leonard today saying, "I've not had this opportunity to sit down and talk to Chris McIntosh about this job or about my vision for the program." And so, I mean, it's been a month. Yeah, time an opportunity to sit down. I don't know if that's a bigger red. Fl- I think it's a bigger red flag for McIntosh having not done it yet. Well, I was going to ask you: Is that a uh, Jim Leonard, urgency, him taking what? the initiative and doing it? Or is that a McIntosh saying, hey, I think it's a let's Mac- sit down? Or have they had that discussion to say, hey, we're going to evaluate this at this date? I think it's a McIntosh thing. It should be, I would think. And, and, if, and if it was going to be, we're going to sit down and do this here yeah. and this time, then you would have thought that Jim, who has been very open in the media and, and very articulate in the media, would say that, yeah, we have a time that's going to be set. We're going to be doing this here in the future. Right now, it's... I haven't had the opportunity yet to do it. They also so, just had a bye week, right? He did have a bye week. Now, they also were on the road a bunch. Right. So it's, I, I, you know, and, and it's possible that Chris McIntosh had been on the road uh, for a bit there as well. So I don't know that. But I, the fact that it's been a month, I mean, this is a month, almost a month to the day that he's been the interim coach, it feels that would be the only concern. But, again, I think, I think Chris McIntosh doesn't make that move in the middle of the season if he doesn't think Jim's his guy going forward well i think it's going to happen in the next couple like i say couple of weeks obviously but in the next week or two mcintosh has had some other stuff in the news lately that's come out that he's probably been dealing with from an athletic department i don't as much as we want to focus and just say hey this is all football he's worried about jimmy's worried about the next head coach he does he has other duties as an athletic director, too. He, d- he definitely does, and I know what you're talking about. We all know what you're talking yeah, about. I, yeah, not trying to bring that up. But the, the deal, too, is people forget Jimmy turned down the defensive coordinator position for the Packers. He doesn't need to beg for a job by any means. No. This isn't like, a, hey, I need to go sell myself to the AD. He doesn't I think it's important for him to come up with the plan. And I think it's important for everybody to be on the same page. There's no question. But I also don't think he needs to go in there. and So going back, I do think it's on McIntosh to say, hey, let's sit down and do this. Yeah, and that's – I was on the fence, but more we talk about it, I I agree with you. That that was kind of more my point about it. It wasn't necessarily like Jim has to go and do this and, like, push himself. He doesn't have to do that. He's the wanted person as opposed to being the guy that is – you know, it's a really big job, right? Like, there's going to be a lot of different candidates for it, but – Jim Leonard is your number one candidate, so he doesn't need to do that. And he's, also, he's going to be a candidate. If he's not at Wisconsin, he's going to be heck somewhere. It's it, That's what's going to happen. If he's not here, he's going to be somewhere else. But it's going to be here, so it is what it is. Right. It also feels like McIntosh's language has been very, we're taking the long game since it all started, right? Like right in the beginning, he talked about the search for firm and going through all these avenues to do it, where 
I, to me, everything that's come out has made me feel like McIntosh is trying to wait until the last minute and make the best decision or whatever. Wait until after the season, maybe, if another better candidate comes along. I just can't see why anybody would be better than Leonard. And the longer you wait, the longer you fall behind, at least to me, or at least give the chance. The, the, the coaching happen. carousel happens quick. Yeah. It happens quick. And you got to be ahead of it, right? Oh, and you got to have a plan. And if you're not setting up interviews yesterday, you're behind. If you know that that's, that's what potentially the way you're going to go. Yeah. I think it's important also with the um, search firm is you can do all you can do all those things, right? Like you can reach out and engage interest and all that kind of stuff without actually having to reach out and actually do that. Like that's what the search firm is for. And so I think that's kind of the process they're in right now, reaching out to individual candidates, seeing if there's any interest in the job. And, and then if there is, all right, are they better than Jim Leonard? No. Okay. This is the way we're going to go with it. You'll know they've made the pick when they actually post a job. Well, and yeah. There's, yeah, there's also got to be the legit, like how legitimate are some of the potential interviews, right? Like I don't think anybody wants to waste time. Like if the decision has already been made, there are other coaches out there saying, like, hey, you're inviting me to an interview. Is this an interview that I even have a chance with, right? Like, I, this isn't a charity interview if you've already made the decision. So I'm sure they're probably betting these, uh, these coaches to say, hey, like, is this something you would truly consider? If it is, let's continue a conversation. If not, we don't have to keep going through this. Well, and that's what the search room's for. They can do all the backdoor dealing, you know? Do you buy the whole seven-day thing? that it actually has to be up seven days? Because yes. I feel like when you operate like a football program, that uh, there are ways to get around things like that. There are, but Wisconsin in the past has shown, at least under Paul Chris, that as soon as it's posted, they have so it's, yeah. it's like they They'll post a job, but they won't post it until they actually know who their, who their guy is going to be. That's how it was under Paul Chris. I don't know if it'll be that way under Jim Leonard or if that'll be the way it is under, under Chris McIntosh, but you knew as soon as they posted it, they had their guy, and we'd know their guy within a week or two. Yeah, so I I guess, I mean, through talking to Nelson and, and uh, Tanner Bordellini and I, all of the sense, I'm all in on it being him. I would have liked it to be done yesterday. I guess, it, overall, do you think November's important? Like, I, we started with that, but do you think these games are actually important, or do you just think we're just waiting until the same result when it comes to him being head coach and just when they name it, not if? important as to if jim gets the job yeah like I, absolutely i think it's and that's the the beautiful thing about football it doesn't matter if you have the job or you don't have the job you got to show up every day and you got to put in the work right and he's gonna do that he that's that's been his deal from from day one so i, I think that every day is important every game's important there's no question about it i don't think it's necessarily gonna come down to the wins and losses of it but it's important. Yeah. All right. I, it's going to be interesting. It starts this Saturday when Maryland comes to town. The Badgers sit 4-4. Four and four. Leonard is 2-1 and one as interim. Uh, do we have anything else on, on Mr. Jim Leonard before we move on to Maryland? Because I, I, I just feel like as the days go by, I'm going to say it win or loss on Saturday. I'm going to come on and say, okay, can we name him head coach now? Does he want to jump? I think he does. No indication to me is that he wouldn't. Right, I, Graham Mertz said this week, right, that he does. It seems like it seems pretty clear that he does. Uh, I don't think that there's anybody close to the team that's saying he's not that he doesn't want it. So, yeah, I I think he does. I, I mean, again, he hasn't been offered the the job yet. 
So, Which I just he's turned everything else down. Feels so weird. Everything else down. Why do you turn everything else down? Because you want the job that's right in front of you, and you knew who what your like that's that's the only job he ever wanted. That's the job he wanted. Like why would why would you turn everything down if, if this was not the job he wanted? So I'd be sh- I mean yes I think it's, I think it's a I mean, I think there's it's, still details that they need to discuss with all this stuff. You have to address how are you going to compensate assistance. What type of, like, is he going to have full reins of hiring? Does he have to keep any individual? What, what's the strength and conditioning programs situation? What's the recruiting department? What's the deal with the NIL stuff? It needs well, to be addressed. There's this isn't like a, hey, you want the job? Yep, okay, cool, sign here. Like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be hashed out between them, and I think that's that conversation has yet to be had. Well, that's a big piece of it, and he spoke on that today or Monday. I saw it. Uh, some quotes being posted in the he, ether uh, about the NIL. Bit. He did. And yeah. What, what exactly did he say? Because my I don't remember exactly what he said. It was uh, something about needing to compete where right, you, you have to, to you be need to competitive. Com- you need to compete in that zone. Yeah. You need to be able to compete uh, on a level with all these other teams. And if you and if you can't, then it's going to be a problem. But it was that was different than what I think he, than being capable of doing the job like they, like the NIL is a separate part of it. Yes. Um, and knowing they need to be better there, but it was—I think it was about the idea of player development and about um, keeping players at the top of your your thought on everything uh, on the field, off the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, everywhere. Like players, if you're going to tell yourself you're a player development program and you're going to be um, getting three-star guys or four-star guys and turning them into a program that is winning as much as you guys have over the last 30 years. Well, we have to actually commit to that, and he thought that they've gotten off of that a little bit, and I think NIL is a, is a little separate part of, of that. You have to, you, they're going to have things in place to be able to make athletes some money, and they're going to have things in place when they get here, um, and I think that's part of the whole conversation, but at the top of the conversation is the player and keeping the player up here, and he thought that they slipped in some spots in keeping the player up here. Would you agree with that, Bill, at all? It's the first that I had heard that. Okay. Um, so I, I would, I'd have to comprehend that. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the set. What's the look in? Not being in the locker room and not truly seeing what goes on from a day-to-day standpoint. Um, there's no question that I think things got a little, little loose over the past couple of years within the program. COVID um, was also really tough yeah, and with it, everything. It's, it's a number of different factors. I don't think you could just, you know, pinpoint one thing that contribute to it i think there were a lot of different factors but i think now is just a, a good opportunity to hit the reset button and continue to build the program and i thought it was cool last week to to hear both of those guys bordellini and nelson they just say hey we trust the program like it's it's not an individual like we just trust the program like whatever whatever happens we're here and that needs to continue to be the focus of recruiting and the individuals that are brought into that locker room. They need to trust the program. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a coach. And that's where I understand the, the emphasis on having the decisions made with the head coach and everybody and all that. Sell the program, man. If you yep. can't do that, like, things are going to change throughout it. You've got to sell the program. Well, and that's, and that's kind of what he said. He goes, the, the program kind of sells its, itself based on what we've done. So no matter who's going to be here, that's kind of what they have to sell right now. Yeah. Because they don't know for certainty that guys are going to be here. So 
Yeah. When's so what is the signing day stuff? And so the the first signing day period is uh, the third week of December. All right. Uh, and that's the, important. That's important, but so, so also I, I, I wasn't sure of the actual time frame. I knew it was used to be like February, and that's what it was. But now there's the early signing, and I don't know when the majority of these college kids or high school kids make their decision anymore. But I think that has to play a huge part of when you let people know. It that does, and also the beginning of the transfer portal, which opens up December fifth. So those yeah. are yeah, those are big dates. That's why you see the coaches way before the bowl game, Lincoln Riley. Brian Got Kelly it. go so they can get in and start all of that period. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I just look at Leonard in this whole situation. Every single thing he's done in his professional career has been an overwhelming success. So the more I hear him speak, and maybe I'm talking myself into being positive, because next year you look at that schedule, you look at the team they maybe could have, and there's a run to be had there. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. I have faith in, in him, and I would like that to be done. All right, that is Eck Heilprin. That is Bill Nagy. We are live at Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on now. $4 spotted cows, $5 Long Islands, $2 off all appetizers, and a lot more. Uh, come on by. Game day specials as well. Jello shots for touchdowns during Badger game day, Packer game day, 5 for $15, beer buckets, so much more. Monk's and Sun Prairie, locations across the state. When we return, Wisconsin hosts Maryland this weekend. There may or may not be a weather update that may or may not affect this game. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the matchup. We'll talk about Wisconsin coming off the bye week. So much more. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Farm Grill, Sun Prairie, former Wisconsin offensive lineman Bill Nagy with us. I, by the way, I would say former NFL offensive lineman, but you played for the Cowboys. So I'm a former Wisconsin offensive also lineman. Also played for the Lions. Right? Yes. All right. Former Lions offensive lineman. Yeah. There we go. Uh, oh, Lions. Woohoo! How many games you play for the Lions? <laughs> uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was paid by the Lions. There you go. That's all okay. that matters. That's how we do it. We got this. a paycheck from the Lions. I'm paid by this radio station. Yeah. There you go. Um, he, won't, right. he won't claim it at any point down later in his career, but he'll, he, he'll say I've got a – yeah, yeah. Uh, former something, but not former WOZN. Oh, come on. You know I will. No. Well, no. I, I'll bet you right now that I will, but I don't know how much money I'm going to make to actually bet. Anyway, <laughs> Wisconsin hosts Maryland. Big 10 noon kickoff. The, uh, not, the tertiary, uh, what's it called, channel for the greatest time slot in college football. Uh, 11 o'clock a.m. Big I'm 10 BTN. network. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna, it's not a Fox game. Yeah. No. no, I know. It's the... Big Ten Network noon kickoff, I gotcha. if you will. Yeah. Uh, but Maryland comes into town. JV slot to the Wisconsin. Wisconsin is five point favorites in this one. Honestly, like yes, the Badgers are four and four, and Maryland's Maryland. But this is a. It seems like a really good football game. Talia Tagovailoa is going to play after maybe not, maybe some questions. He's playing. He's been one of the conference's best quarterbacks. Graham Mertz as well, one of the conference's best quarterbacks. It's, it's a matchup that really interests me. Um, the weather report. I want to start there, Bill, because I want to get your experience playing in weather that sounds like this. And this is all alleged and reported. Cannot, I'm no weatherman. Alleged. I'm just saying what is, what is being reported. 80% chance of rain. Winds from 20 to 30 with gusts maybe over 40 miles an hour. 
possible to be very sloppy and wet and nasty. Do you have experience in those games, and how much does it change how you play? Definitely um, nothing to that extreme when you talk 40-mile-an-hour gusts, but, I mean, the reality is I think it sets up advantage for Wisconsin, in my opinion. And I haven't had a chance to watch much Maryland football this year. I know the quarterback's a dynamic threat, but I think that only helps Wisconsin from a game plan standpoint. Is it true that wind affects an offense's plan more than rain when it comes to throwing? You know what I mean? Cause I never touched a ball besides snapping <laughs> it as a center. So You didn't fall in a fumble? Uh, no, never. Never oh. recovered a fumble. Shame. Only practice. No, because it's always made in gambling circles, right, where everyone sees rain. They go, oh, the under's going to hit. But apparently wind has a better impact on that. At least that's what I've heard. But See, That's a so, good note. So, I, no, I went back and looked. You never played any, like, some of the colder games, but you did play in some of the warmer games in UW football history. UNLV, like. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, 2010, it was 97 degrees. <laughs> God, it was a night off. game. Yeah, it was a night it, game. Yeah, ninety-seven degrees at kickoff. Ryan Gro- Ryan Groy was playing fullback. Yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah, I had to get an IV that game. So like those, but that so like crazy weather situation pops up, right? Like yeah, like there's there's obviously the other side of it with the cold weather. It was the coldest game you can remember playing in. I think it was a Minnesota game. Okay, this might have been two thousand and eight. It was, it was a snow, a yeah, it was a home game. Night game. It, it was night snowing game. a little. It was, it was an was afternoon game, 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 but it got, yeah, second half got dark. My, uh, there, It was some snow. There yeah. wasn't a ton of it, but there was some flurries. It was freezing that game. I remember it actually yeah. left early. Uh, <laughs> it was a good game. Good game. John Clay, yes, John Clay scored late to to in that game. Yeah. And then he was carrying the flag. all Like, he went, he grabbed the flag from the cheerleading squad and started running around camp brando with it did he yes that was the same game that jay valai knocked the decal off the helmet yep i don't know if that was because of the cold weather it was just that type of hit it was probably just that type of hit that dude was a dude that (laughs) that dude was a dude so coaching now he is he's the uh what is he in oklahoma now i think so yeah Yeah. oh one of your former teammates got fired this week i don't know if you saw that aubrey aubrey pleasant got fired the defensive they beat defensive backs coach so it's the second time the team has said you're no longer wanted here. Wisconsin did the same thing in 2008. Oh, I thought you were saying when he played for Detroit and said the same thing to him. No, 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 no. <laughs> that did happen. Oh, that's, I was not taking a shot at Bill. No, this was a shot at Aubrey Pleasant. Yeah, I got yeah. you. So uh, I, how do you see this game overall playing out? Because we've well, seen whose pa- who's passing game is going to be more impacted. That is a terrific question. Because in past years, you would say this would be a huge benefit for Wisconsin because Maryland's going to try and throw the ball, ball over the field, and they, they throw for like 283 yards a game. Wisconsin, though, with what they've been able to do in the past game, not a, bit, not a ton of it like way down the field, so I don't know how much of it's going to impact it. The bigger question is, like, is it going to be wet? Because I think a, a wet football changes things, but Graham Mertz said, said this week, because I'm a rain guy, I love the rain. Like when, it, when it's raining, I love tossing the ball over the place. Wind, I don't think so. Like, I've always heard Aaron Rodgers say, like, wind affects, the, affects throwing more than anything else. Like, rain, you know, snow, it doesn't really matter. Wind really does impact you, but rain, uh, Graham Mertz, rain guy. Well, you mentioned that I, I can't just – What? 
Fake it till you make it, I guess. Oh, you don't think he's a, you don't think he's a rain guy? We'll see, I guess. Has he played in a rain game? No, <clears throat> not that I remember. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah. Uh, there were some games in 2020 that that may have been like that. I want to say the Indiana game, but again, those oh. games are like we're in December, if I remember. It was 2019 Northwestern was yucky, or maybe Purdue. One of the two was really yucky out, but I don't think he got in that game. He only got in the Michigan State one, I believe, in 2019. The big blowout in terms of whether he's played in. Which one? In terms of the blowout he got into? Did he not get in at the end of Michigan State? Or maybe one of the earlier games? Yes, he did. He did. Uh, but I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to, to remember, and I'm now very confused about what we're talking about. I don't, well, whether he's played in the rain before. But anyway. It has to do with which which passing game is, no. is going to be affected more. I think the fact that Wisconsin's offensive line got healthier over the bye week and has gotten healthy as the weeks have gone along and played well against Purdue, I would think that they would be better equipped to have success along the ground than a Maryland offensive line that's played well and Roman Hemby running back has also played well. Like They can run the ball, but they're not Wisconsin in that sense, and they coming off better? the bye. Who stops around better? That is the good question. I think Maryland, yeah. or at least. I think they're right around the same. So, it, look, I, th- I think it's a pretty even matchup, and that's why the point spread is where it is. It's, at, it's at been between four and a half and five and a half all week. Like, I think both these teams are, are pretty equal. I, I feel if, like was, if the weather was nothing, I, I'd give Wisconsin. I would actually like Wisconsin more just because I think they have been able to throw the ball a, lo- a lot and, and, do, and do it well. Here's one thing I will say. And I like Alex Smith being back. Oh, it changes everything, right? I, I can't get over how well he played against Charlie Jones and Purdue. And Despite him having 10 catches for 104 yards, he did actually a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, one thing Maryland has, which is maybe the biggest ma- mismatch in the game, when I watched them play at Michigan earlier this year, they were kicking field goals from 45, from 50. Their kicker was unbelievable. And in the harsher conditions, I a lot more. When we talk about an evenly matched game, could it come down to plays like that? I think realistically it could. Do I trust Maryland to make those kicks or Wisconsin? I would say the Terrapins. Yeah, for sure. Well, Wisconsin has the second fewest uh, field goals, I think, in Big Ten. In the Big Ten. I think, uh, I think Michigan State's the only one that has fewer. They have one. But Wisconsin also is tied for the most touchdowns I should say the second most touchdowns in, in the Big Ten with Maryland. They both have scored 35 touchdowns. Maryland obviously is scoring more points because they're kicking more field goals. Wisconsin in the red zone? Insane. Second third, best. Third in the nation. First in, the in terms of they're, they're scoring touchdowns in 80% of their red zones. They've also been in the red zone like 100, like they're ranked 101st in red zone opportunities. That's okay. Yeah, I, I do think special teams is going to play a key role but key wins for maryland who have they beat they have beaten buffalo charlotte michigan state indiana and northwestern with their backup quarterback they lost to michigan via a touchdown in the game i was at that okay. was very close and they also uh, missed two two kickoffs bounce off the guy's face and right into michigan so they kind of handed the game away they lost to purdue when they turned the ball over they lost by two points should have should have won that game Turn the ball over six times in the third quarter. So they easily could, in theory, be 8-0. Can I ask you uh, a question? Yeah. Who is Wisconsin beating? 
Purdue. Purdue. At home, though, right? Again, it's neither one of these teams has can point to their wins and be like, "Oh, we're an awesome team." Oh, for sure. That's why one team's four and four, and the other one's six and three. Yeah, I think on paper, and still has to play what Penn State, Ohio State, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup on paper. There's no question about it. I think it's a shame that it's shoved down on Big Ten Network at eleven when it could be one of the best quarterback matchups of the weekend. You yeah, know the way that Graham's playing. We talk about Hendon Hooker versus Stetson Bennett, which might be the best. <laughs> Alabama, uh, Georgia versus Tennessee. <laughs> I love you comparing a top, uh, like the one, two, and the number one, two, one number, excuse me, number one team in the country, number two team in the country playing each other with a team that's four and four versus a team who's six and two. Graham Mertz is easily Stetson Bennett in this scenario, and Talia could be the Hendon Hooker. Just so the Maryland quarterback, what's What's the split? Like, is he is he a run first guy? Is he a pass guy? Is he a pocket guy? Is he like his brother? Like, what's what's his deal? Let's we should ask Bill Michaels about this before we get <laughs> before we jump into this a little bit. Um, he is he is mostly a passer. Like, okay. That's, that's, well, it's because I know he's coming he back from a knee. Yeah, he's gotten the hell beat out of him all season. Where I mean, just hits on hits because he extends so well. Is Herbig play. healthy? Is he gonna be playing? He is. Okay, uh, Leonard I like said that. that. Well, healthy. I don't know. There's going to be a little bit of a. Uh, there's going to be. They they may have a little bit of a restriction on how many snaps he can play, but he is going to be out there. Pitch count. Pitch count. Got to get pressure on him. Yep. They're getting again, as you mentioned, they're getting healthy in a lot of spots. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. But like they're they're getting some guys back, and uh, they're probably as healthy as they've been all year. Which I, the inside linebacker spot when you play a quarter. I mean, always for what Wisconsin does, what Jim Leonard does, inside linebacker is important. Against Purdue, I mean, the one guy that might be the best pure rider of all of that I saw might be Jake Cheney, the burst that he has shown. Where that could be a guy that sees time, depending on what they ask the linebackers to do. Is that legit? Like, his burst looks better getting to the quarterback than the other guys. Have you seen that, Bill? Yeah, I think it's always exciting when you get your number called, right? And when you're able to move guys like that around, and get those one-on-one matchups like that is what a defensive coordinator looks for is to get the one-on-one matchups from a pass rush standpoint because the offensive line they're always turning to the strength they're always you know steering towards the danger of whatever the defense is right if you can get guys like that in one-on-one matchups and they can win that's all you can ask for yeah the greatest thing about Jim Leonard is once you get into third and six third and seven you don't know what's coming. Like that's in, well, and that's what Jim's done such a great job. That's what Aranda's done a great job. And that was like number one. How do we get one-on-one matchups? We're not trying to come up with some exotic blitz that you know is unblockable. We trick them. It's no, just win your one-on-one matchup. If you can do that, you're going to be in a good spot. probably <laughs> both of them at this point. Oh when my it comes goodness! To pressuring and yeah, would I mean see? But that's just a job you're waiting to get fired. True. I'm sorry. That's that's just what it is. Think about it. People are going to hate you. Like it doesn't matter. You could be the greatest thing ever, and you have one bad week. And it's like Fire Leonard would be trending. That's just what it is. It's <laughs> I a did. horrible job to have. It's the worst job to have. Right, right below or right above, I should say. President. No. Right above. <laughs> right above special teams coordinator for the Packers. Like those are the two worst jobs to have. Yeah, I I did put it out. Think about how different because it's never because it's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's never the <laughs> offense's fault. 
He's the he's the greatest thing that's ever walked this earth. That's it's, it's never his fault. Uh, why would you want that job? Why would you want that job? He's stuck around here. He's going to be the head coach at Wisconsin, and he's going to find out that that's not obviously the greatest job to have either. Well, also, but Wisconsin just never like, just like really Christen. fires anybody uh, except for Paul Christ and the guy 40 years ago that Don Morton. Is that his name? It was. Um, so he was, he was not, not not in season, though. Yeah, I did put it out there that, I mean, you think about where these two programs or teams are, Packers-wise and Badgers-wise, had Leonard left two off-seasons ago. I mean, we could be in drastically different waters, maybe for both. Yeah, people could be calling for Jim Leonard to be fired instead of Joe Barry. And Wisconsin could be actually doing a real coaching search instead of just holding out to hire him and doing it too late. All right. We're in a, we're, we're in a good spot here. We're in a good spot. That is that Kyle Prynne. That is Bill Nagy. We're live at Monk's Bar and Grill. Sun Prairie, happy hour going on. Come by. Jello shots for touchdowns on game day as well. Specials, $5 for 15 buckets. Come on by. Locations across the state. When we return, Wisconsin, Maryland, star of the game, breakout player. We'll make some picks and talk about the games across this weekend's slate. That is when we return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Just 25 points. You can imagine what the score of the other two games were. <laughs> memories. Those are memories. Come on now. That's a long-time rivalry. The, the Maryland game in 2014 was, was like a lot of games in 2014. Absolute blowouts with Melvin Gordon running all over the place. Bill, does the Maryland football program uh, spark any you know, light bulbs in terms of watching them play in your life? Not really. <laughs> no. Daniel Brown no. doesn't, bring, doesn't bring great memories. It doesn't, no. And I, I, I was in the box coaching in the 2015 game, and I don't even remember any of it. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. You yeah. said the, the Joe Schober play. I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember yeah, that, that play. Happened. That happened. How about that? Uh, that was a passing team. 2015 was a passing team. You guys couldn't run the ball worth the crap. <laughs> Sheesh, dude. That was... That was my job. My duty was to make sure we could run the ball. <laughs> it was a tough scene, though. But, like, obviously. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> All right. No. Do I need to qualify that or no? No, you All don't. Right, cool. that, that's what it was. You guys, there was no, we were banged up. No, but, yeah, you guys, there was. The, Corey was banged up. Corey was banged up. Dare stepped in. He did a solid job. Alec Ingold was, your, was like, your goal line back. Stave balled out. Jazz Holiday P. Bowl. Holiday Bowl champs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So three sack, Jack. It's a big year. The defense, I believe, finished number one in the country in scoring defense. A lot of positives. A lot of positives. Some some negatives. Uh, Northwestern game minus, I think it was minus fifteen yards rushing that game. Interesting. I don't know whose job it was. To, it was I don't, the Iowa. I think there was ten to thirteen six. point. Yeah, I was going to say how many total points were scored 10-6. in that game. You got you guys fumbled on the goal. Fumbled the goal line. Joel got yeah, tripped. I remember that. By one of your one of your offensive linemen. What, no, what was your what was your role in 2015? So I was quality control under Joe Rudolph. Okay, so offensive line. Yeah, offensive line help with the run game. Was that it your didn't jo- do well? I was going to say according to <laughs> Zach over here. Was it was it was it, was it no. your was it was it your job to help Micah Kapoy like uh, be able to pull without tripping? I mean, that was a young stepping, offensive stepping line. Stepping on Joel, Joel That was a, wow. I think we had four freshmen starting that year. The Minnesota redshirt game, freshmen. The Minnesota game, you guys had four redshirt freshmen. Yeah. Along with uh, Tyler uh, Merritts, who was the, yeah. was the left tackle, and everybody else was a was a redshirt freshman. Which and you guys ran the ball right down their throat. Yeah. Huh. All right. So this game this Sorry. weekend. <laughs> no, you, you asked. You, you asked about. You, you asked about my mind. 
That's what came to mind. No, that was awesome. That was great. I, um, <laughs> I don't think Bill thought it was so great. Yeah, well, that's the point. So th- <laughs> this game this weekend, guys, um, number one, who are you looking for to have a big game? And I, we'll get to how we see it playing out. But if you had to pick one or two guys that, that ball out, whether they're coming back from injury um, and also the injury report with Hunter Wohler returning on Saturday. Yeah. So, so who do you think has a big game and who's going to be back for the team? So I think I'll roll through the guys who are going to be back for the team. Braylon Allen, who went out and then came back in, is going to go. Obviously, you're getting uh, Riley Mallman back into a bigger role. Bill, I don't know how what you would think about this, but like, how do you work him back in? He's your starting right tackle. You've liked what Trey Weddig gives you at right tackle. You've had some inconsistency on the inside. Do you maybe move Trey Weddig to a guard spot, which is where he was much of spring, or do you just? And then maybe Tanner Bordellini is your extra tight end. But you're also getting Hayden Rucci back, and you're getting um, you know some other important pieces back on offense. What would you do line-wise? It's tough because you don't know what type of shape, game shape, that some of these right. guys coming back are in. And I also have no idea what this looks like over the bye week. And what practices look like you know, leading up to the game week. I know that um, it sounds like Jim is taking care of the guys. And with that, it's not always the best for guys getting conditioned or back into it. So you hope that they just took the, the ownership on themselves to make sure they're right. And I know that, you know, Bostad's going to make the right call with, with whomever it is. But they've been, they've been starting to you know, find their stride a little bit. So you hate to shake it up too much. Right. But you also want to make sure that uh, you set yourself up for the next four games. Right. And have the best five out there. They're yeah. going to give you the best chance, and I think it's a it's a great problem to have. It's a much better problem to have than what they had going into Ohio State, where you had to force guys into spots that they weren't, they weren't comfortable sure. being. But so on on offense, that's one side where you're getting some guys back defensively. Nick Herbig's go, Nick Herbig is going to be back. He was essentially a cheerleader, and then Hunter Wohler, who was your starting safety, a guy who I think a lot of people had huge expectations for coming this year. Jim Leonard said he had a great fall camp. He's back after uh, you know missing out on. Um, his uh, uh, missing out in the last six games, seven games because of a knee in, or uh, of an ankle injury, and with broken ankle, and with Maryland's passing game with Talia there, and also Raheem Jarrett, the, the wide receivers they have, they've recruited at a really high level, and these guys are finally healthy. Last year they had a really tough year because two of their top receivers tore their ACLs early, and then they just couldn't pass the ball because they didn't have the talent. These guys are healthy. The passing game has been working well. Having a guy like that back there is massive. I think just having a healthy secondary. This is the, this is as healthy as secondary has been all year. You've got Alex Smith, who played 70-some-odd plays against Purdue. He's your best cover guy. You have the ability to go with Justin Clark, the ability to go with Jay Shaw, the ability to go with Cedric Dort. You know, if, if those guys aren't getting it done, you could always throw in some of the uh, uh, Max Lofi or, you know, Ricardo Holman. So you have options at corner. And then at safety, you know, John Torchio has been among the best safeties in the country statistically. And Kamoli Latu has been great in the run game and, and has also been pretty a bit of a ball hawk. So you, and then you bring in a guy like Hunter Wolder who, again, has said huge, huge expectations coming into this year. It's, the, the secondary getting healthy at the right time is huge. I, wanna, I, I had an idea a couple days ago that won't work. What if you put Kamoli Latu as like another inside linebacker? And just go kind of – I have him like one of those rovers that they do in the NFL with I think the problem with that Isaiah is the, Simmons, the or problem, I think. Yeah, the only problem with that is they haven't necessarily stopped the run great with real inside linebackers. True. Maybe that would help But him coming the, down. The other thing, 
a healthy Conobin who has been laboring through, you know, since the injury against Northwestern, just hobbling everywhere. Every, like, he's played through it. He's been, he's been a warrior out there. But, like, getting him that week off, allowing him, he feels good as new. I think it probably takes one hit to that knee and probably will not be uh, as good as new. But they're in a really good spot to be able to finish strong. Do you have a player that you are eyeing for Saturday? I've, for me, by the, it's Braylon Allen. Like when the when the weather gets bad, and you have a team with an explosive offense on the other side of the field, even though Wisconsin has been a passing team this year, I would think the weather might play into them having trouble, and maybe it doesn't. But I still think it's all about Braylon Allen with hopefully a great lineup there. So is there a guy, Bill, you're looking at in terms of not breakout game if he's already playing well, but to have a big one? I think Mertz just has to be smart with the ball. I, I really don't think they're going to have an issue being able to run the ball. I think they need to do that efficiently if they're going to have a chance. But there are going to be those third-down situations. There's going to be the, the, a time in the game where he's going to need to make the <clears throat> make the right throw. And you just, Mr. You know, I like brain guy, needs to show up. <laughs> I'm rooting for him, but let's see. Someone does not think that Graham Mertz likes the rain. We'll find out. Uh, my other star of the he, game. That was that came out of nowhere, by the way. Like it wasn't like somebody. Do you like the rain? No, he just like dude. I'm. I kind of like the rain. We'll find out. Weird. I wonder how many people in our world like genuinely say that. Aside from farmers, I like the rain. Yeah, but you're not a rain guy. You don't prefer it. Yeah. Maybe you do. Honestly. All right. Uh, game. By the way, kicker. His name is Chad Ryland. Get out of here with that. I was going to say him, but you, yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> my beat, next comment. You beat Bill to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's great, and Maryland should be able to kick field goals. All right. That is Bill Nagy. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. We are, we are here at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on now. Check out all the specials. Uh, they have locations across the state. Uh, what's the line? Come for the action. Stay for the apps that we hear. Yes, that's Prairie. We're going to pick the games coming up next. It's All right, welcome back. Kenny and Hyopin, live for Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Badgers, Maryland coming up. Zach and I will be back talking to you on Tuesday, recapping the game, looking forward. Some basketball chatter as well, I'm sure. Zach, it is time to pick the games. And I am. Oh, con- are, why, are you setting this up? I'm contractually obligated to tell yeah, the people I have guy. opened up a yeah, commanding. I was going to ask what the, a what the score was. All I can say is uh, I should not have listened to the people I listened to last week. I have opened up a commanding two-game lead. I went 4-1 and one last week. I'm 23-26 and 26 on the season. Let's just say barely. Uh, Ohio State defense, where are you at after covering? After, after getting the lead and being able to cover that spread, they let Penn State go down and score that late touchdown. And then... Michigan, why don't you finish in the red zone at some point? Uh, Zach, you are 21-28 and 28 after a 2-3 and three week. Um, so five games this weekend. I wanted to leave proper time for contests we have to pick. Tennessee is at Georgia. Georgia's eight-point favorites. It's number one versus number three. It is l- kind of like Wisconsin and Maryland in the quarterback matchup. Who's Stetson favorite? Bennett. Uh, Georgia is favored. Eight points over Tennessee. At home. Yes, correct. Hosting the Volunteers. Uh, UGA is without Nolan Smith top edge rusher i mean it's a this is like the game of the year literally regular season so you know george is going to be bumping for it i'm going to take tennessee plus eight i'm i'm all over mr hooker as the heisman 
I'm buying into that. I'm buying into their explosion. I like Tennessee vibes. I'll take them to cover. I think it's close. I get Aiden Hutchinson as my Heisman winner. That's a joke. Uh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Georgia at home in the- between the hedges. That's my team. I'm I'm big Georgia. I'll be I'll be honest. I love Tennessee's offense. I do. I do. And Georgia is probably kind of still living off of what happened last year. But I'm going Georgia at home. All right. Uh, what, you were shaking your head over there. Bill, are you a Georgia guy? You're a Tennessee guy? Eight points in Georgia? Yeah. Georgia. I like Tennessee. Yeah. There we go. That man knows football. Um, Alabama's 13.5-point favorites going to the swamp to play LSU. And the, Alabama's better than LSU. LSU's been playing well. Night game at the swamp it's kind of a throw out the records rivalry i'm taking lsu because again i think it's going to be close i don't care how good bama is <sighs> what's the spread 13 and a half where what time is it it's at night seven o'clock or six o'clock you got it to lsu i'm not going to catch up by picking the same team so i'm going to alabama on the road all right um bill i, I will say i feel like have lsu has started to play a lot better they have. Uh, yeah, they have. For they sure. have, except for the one. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. One drubbing at home to Tennessee is what's really. Well, and a neutral site loss to a tough Florida State team. All right. You know what? You know what? Changing it. LSU. Wow. Okay. Um, I can do that. Yeah, it's allowed. I can do that. Yeah, oh, for sure. All right. Going into the Big Ten. Flip-flopper. Minnesota is 16-point favorites visiting Nebraska. I think the line tells us, while he's a game-time decision, Casey Thompson probably won't play. Messed up his hand last week. And that team is bad. They're, but they're worse. They're terrible, terrible without Casey Thompson. I'm taking Minnesota. 16 points is a lot. I don't care. Nebraska's lost all their mojo. Uh, they're done. I saw what uh, Mickey, what's his name? Joseph. Mickey, Mickey Joseph said this week. He said, nobody wants this <clears throat> to wake up. This mother <clears throat> to wake up. Because they know. It's been sleeping for quite some time. Yeah, that's what he said. Nobody, he's the, the interim head coach. Um, I, I mean, is Tanner Morgan playing? That's a good question. I, I'll he take him play, anyway. He did play last week. He did play yeah. last week. They beat Rutgers down. That's, that's, a big, that's a big number. It's a big number. It's a big number. I'll, you know what? Screw it. I'll take Nebraska, too. All right. Uh, and then our second to last, the revenge game models are strong here. The Charlie Jones revenge game. Purdue is hosting Iowa. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. We were over Iowa, uh, all over them last week, and we were right. They were going to kill Northwestern. Now we're back to fading them. I, uh, Purdue's going to win this by 30. I have no doubt. The Char- by 30. Charlie Jones is going for no fewer than 400 this weekend. There's, that feels a little personal. I'm going to uh, go with Purdue at home. Uh, Bill? Anything? What do you think? Iowa. All right. Uh, I love that. De- I mean, I love that defense. And no, ba- what, did I, what did I say? Oh, I'm, I'm in Iowa. I'm in Iowa. Oh, you're taking Iowa. I'm in okay. Iowa. I like Iowa. Um, and the Badgers face Iowa next weekend. Big they travel over here. to Kinnick. All right. And then Wisconsin versus Maryland, the one in our backyard. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be windy. It's going to be ugly. Uh, it could be a kicking game, but definitely high-level quarterback play, at least when you look at the rosters. I just... I've learned not to trust this team, especially coming off of a win. Therefore, I will be selecting Maryland to plus five to cover and keep it a close game. Bill, what do you got? 
I would buy points and get Wisconsin minus eight and a half. Wow. <laughs> that man knows football. <laughs> I'm also yeah. I, I'm also going to take Yeah, I'm teasing it. Wisconsin. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Wisconsin. All right. That'll do it for us. Um, Wisconsin versus Maryland, 7 o'clock Saturday. Bill, thank you as always, oh, sir. Thanks, guys. Um, I hope your picks go well. Uh, the ones I, I'll track them. You know what? I'll track them for you. Zach, pleasure as always. We will talk to you coming up on Tuesday. Enjoy the game this weekend, everybody. Talk to you later. See you. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.